0: and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Coming up with Rovers still top of the Prio, we'll be joined by Kevin Gillies to reflect on his side's fine start to the season. We'll also round up the rest of the weekend action as Saints just about see off north, despite a goal of the season contender from Sam Murray. And GFC go down to two late goals against Tooting and Mitcham at Footslane. Lane, uh, plus some reaction to a big week for Mayor Letizia to come. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr. Alongside me is Rob Batiste, as ever. Hello, Tony. Good to see you, Rob. How's it going? Yeah, fine. Uh, one thing we won't be mentioning is Newcastle's defeat against Chelsea. Well, I've just mentioned it. More we'll fool you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Um, let's start Foots Lane, shall we? Uh, uh, Guernsey FC were in control against Tooting and Mitchell on Sunday. A Ross Allen penalty had put them ahead uh, before, bang, bang, two quick goals and the points were gone. And a, a very nice back page headline from you today, Rob. Uh, a routine Tooting escape act. Uh, how harsh was it on GFC?
1: It was, I wouldn't say too harsh. I mean, to be honest, it was nothing between the sides. They were very, very even. It was a good attractive game without ever being exciting to be honest it was what it was as i mentioned in my sort of follow-up report for tomorrow a, a lazy sunday afternoon the the, um, the old small faces hit came to mind very early on i was thinking you know not much is happening here but i'm quite entertained by this gentle fare that was out in front of us and um the crowd were very sleepy as well you know it was um it was, it was a strange game it was um two decent sides. Um, I think Tooting were quite clearly a step up from what we've seen previously without being particularly great. Um, you know, they weren't dynamic in attack at all, but um, they did bring, make two late subs and um, they made all the difference and, and I was just t- chatting to um, Tony Vance this morning, um, the morning after, getting his reaction, see how whether he's calmed down a little bit and um he pointed out that he he, he feels that Tooting and Mitchum were rather underhanded with their use of um, well their very late changes to made made two changes to their team just a couple of minutes before kick off which apparently is not allowed and he believes there's they should have counted as substitutions and if that had been the case a couple of the substitutions they had made uh, uh, include, and both and both their scorers were subs uh, may have had a uh, may have been a different outcome. Which is, um, so how
0: come they were allowed to do that then?
1: I don't know. He felt that the officials um, hadn't forced the issue. Um, he thinks they should be heavily fined because they were breaking the rules, as far as he understands. There we are. I, there we are. I was wondering why the game was delayed because it was five, fully five minutes after the two o'clock kickoff scheduled. Two o'clock kickoff that the first whistle went,
0: um, but that may well be it. Um, Will there been official complaint or something forthcoming.
1: Well, he thinks they should be uh, fine and he said he's going to push up, you know, um,
0: make some noises. Interesting. I saw that that they tweeted uh, their thanks to GFC for the hospitality. It was obviously a bit too hospitable.
1: Yeah, that's right. Perhaps they might might be (laughs) withdrawing those things if if we land an official a complaint. But
0: um, the, the most
1: striking thing I found about the game was, to be honest, with the referee. We've seen some... Bloomin' awful referees at this level um, at Foots Lane over the last few years. Very pedantic officials. Some of them quite clearly showoffs. Um, this guy was Valentine Anequi. Reminded me a little bit of how I imagine Chris Gale would referee a football match. You know, the <laughs> West <laughs> Indies cricketer. He was just so laid back, but he, at the same time, he was really efficient. I thought. Um, when it got a bit spiky with some really tasty tackling in the first half because it was fair tackling although hard he let it go and I thought his conduct throughout the game was absolutely excellent and I wish he'd, he'd do do more games at Footslake
0: well let's hope we see him back yeah it'd be interesting the, the thought of the universe boss refereeing a game Chris Gale I think there be uh,
1: <laughs> some fireworks I don't think he'd move too much from the <laughs> centre circle to be honest you know he, But no, it was. um, I say it was. um, It's not often we do praise referees, but I thought he was
0: excellent. That's good to hear. Um, So anyway, for GFC, off the back of a couple of wins, a a narrow defeat there. Um, But yeah, that a very consistent uh, starting lineup that Vance has named so far.
1: Yeah, which is which is just as well. Um, No, they look really solid. They've done a lot of work, obviously, clearly in training. Um, I like the way Frank Tobin brought the football forward from right hand side. He looked. A Rolls Royce in his sort of surges forward and caused um, tooting quite a few problems. I thought the way we actually you know tracked down the um, tooting and Mitchell when they had the ball, you know, harassed them into mistakes and forced you know really forced them was very very clever and it was sort of testament to the work that, that Tony's been doing behind the scenes. Um, you know where they've analysed that they can get the ball back and cause a lot more problems to opponents by actually. Hunting in numbers, and um as i say i've seen the work um myself in you know in, in the victoria avenue in the in the cabin down there, and um it's clearly working um so it was a good performance without being Exciting.
0: Well, it leaves GFC 16th, six points from their first four games, which I'm, I'm, they still would have taken, I'm sure. Tooting and Mitchum up in an 11th. And a, obviously, a, it's going to be an interesting day on Saturday at Foots GFC back in action down there ahead of the Siam Cup. So we'll, well see an early pro- kick off.
1: That promised to be an absolute cracker of a day. Down at Foots Lane, I, I'm trying. To, I've been trying to think over the weekend of when what would been the biggest sporting occasions we've seen in, at Foots Lane in one single day. And I suppose we look back at things like the Island Games fight, Iron Games um, last day back in 2003 when there was. I seem to remember, I'm sure the athletics finals were staged early in the early in the proceedings, and the the, the football came in for the final. We've seen. Big match um, against Spennymoor Town when we the helicopter came in to dry things out. We had the Centenary Marathi when we had the big screen up and the bank seating and that sort of stuff. But Saturday's um, extravaganza should, may well actually, um, top the lot. You know with. a thousand, nine, a thousand game, um, football fans possibly in for the new the, for the noon kick off, and then I would expect of course,
0: well at the same time the women and the vets rugby will be going on on the uh, yeah, exactly the club pitch, yeah so. that's right
1: yeah it's going to be very very busy and you would have thought that a lot of those um, GSC more um, sporting fans will hang around for the other fair that is going to be on show in the afternoon, which include hockey of course that's going on there's some games um, in top division. Hang around for the five o'clock, and the first five o'clock Siam Cup floodlit game. That's history in itself.
0: Oh, it's going to be an exciting day. Uh, much more to come on the Siam, uh, of course, in the paper and uh, via our podcast later this week. Um, let's move on to the prio, shall we, Rob? Uh, Bells beat Alderney. Pretty feisty contest by the sounds of things oh, there. Certainly. Two men sent off. Uh, that was after they'd beaten Rangers in midweek. Um, there was another defeat for Rangers this weekend, 5-0 at Sylvans. At Rovers, uh, still top, as we say. They beat Vellrec 3-1. And at Blanche PLA, it was Saints 3-2. North 2. We were both at that one. Uh, an absolute, I mean, you have got to start with this goal from Sam Murray. Uh, it was an absolute cracker.
1: Yeah, you won't see too many better this season, if any. Spectacular sort of like scissor kick volley, which, <laughs> it which left... Jason Mart- Martin clutching at thin air and for that to happen it does take something special because he um he's keeping really well these days you know in terms of actual shot stopping Jason Martin is top notch really good and I without wanting to point the finger in the, you know at the young uh, keeper, you feel that if Jason Martin had been in goal for north um on Saturday um they would have won that game they were I thought they were quite impressive in many aspects, um, particularly the first half, first 15, 20 minutes, really, really good, good approach play. Looked a good, well-rounded side. The point's been made to me since, if they only had a um, a strong, tall centre half, you know, they would be a, um, a much, much better side, because they are quite small in that aspect, I suppose. And um, although Tom Delamere, I was very surprised to see him play in a in that central defence as opposed to midfield. He played really well. Um, showed a good turn of pace uh, when he needed to. And um would be interesting to see whether Jose Alvarez sticks with him um, for tomorrow night's game against Sylvans, which, again, also promises to be a, a decent match.
0: Yeah, as we say, it finished 3-2. Um, I mean, Saints didn't offer a huge amount going forward. They sort of just kept their noses in front. And there was, as you say, a, a bit of an error um, for their third goal, Murray got setting up a bit of a grandstand finish uh, north, not quite managing to to find the equalizer in the end. Uh, anyone else catch your eye for them?
1: Yes, um I do like this young George McNeela, this you know eighteen year old um, midfielder who was given his debut last season. He's been playing in central defense recently with River Marsh being unavailable through injury. Um, on this occasion, he played in midfield with River Marsh. And um, they combine really, really well. And I thought, I think there's um, Luke Mollock playing um, playing well again, um, back to full fitness. North uh, are going to be quite strong in that department. He is a potential midfield um, ratty player of the future, I think, George. If, I'm not sure what he's going to be doing in terms of further education. He's at the college, I gather. He's also a very good rugby player, um, from what I understand. But um, I do like him. He's tough. He's got a good head on him. And... Um, I think there's, um, we may well see him for many, many years. Oh, hope we hope we do, anyway.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, as for Saints, they, they just about did enough uh, once again, still unbeaten.
1: But don't they always, um, Tony? That's the thing, you know, with Saints, they are one of those sides, they've got the winning knack. They know how to get out of tricky situations. They were given a leg up this, this on this occasion with that terrible error. But, um, you know, the likes of... Chris Lanieri crops up with a goal. domio with another couple. They Ollie Smith is playing really well. I mean, I thought you know um, Ollie Smith's pre league career was was over some time ago, to be honest. But he's come back to Saints this year, having had a little spell with Rockade Pirates, and and he's playing very, very well. Um, very lively. Seems to have got his appetite back for the game. Um, yeah, they seem to. I say they, they always manage to pull something out of the hat. And it does help, though, having a strong spine. And they've got a great goalkeeper. They've got a very good captain and leader and centre-back center back in Chris Lanuri. They've got a strong base in midfield. And they've got Domio up front. And in Preo League's terms, they can't ask for much more than that.
0: It's a good place to start, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, Saints, as I say, unbeaten just a couple of points behind Rovers. But it is Rovers who are top. And coming up next, we'll be speaking to their coach, Kevin Gillies. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Football Show. If you're enjoying these pods, do give us a share on social media. It all helps to spread the word. Uh, now, it's been a great start to the season for the team at Port Swath. Despite losing some key players and being without a few others, Rovers have managed seven wins from their first eight games to sit top of the FNB Prio League table. And I'm delighted to say their Coach Kevin Gillies joins us now. Great to see you, Kev. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Good to see you. Yeah, a 3-1 win over Wreck this, this weekend. Then let's start there. Another satisfying Saturday. Indeed. Yes, a um, bit of a slow start to the
2: game, you know, I said at sort of halftime, I think that performance had been coming from the previous two games where we'd be we sort of, we, uh, we weren't quite at the races, and um, but the second half on Saturday, we were a different team, you know, and uh, second half we just came out much more positive, direct, and uh, took the chances when we got them.
1: Was it a bit of a blustery day down
2: there? It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. It hasn't been this season at all. So we have been lucky, yeah. Quite it, a kind thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. very unusual to be that nice at Port Swath. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we mustn't mention the wind down there because Paul Port is always picking me up. You always mention the conditions.
2: <laughs> sorry, Paul. Sorry. Now we're very proud down there.
1: <laughs> it's been in, in in all aspects. It's been a terrific season. You won the Rawlinson at the start back in August. Yeah. You know, which is always a a feel-good thing um you know people quite easily sort of um d- diminish the rules and saying it's a pre-season thing but i always got the feeling that it's certainly in recent years that people do out want to win it they do use, use multiple subs and all that sort of stuff but it's it's a it's a good cup good cup to win and it makes you feel you know more confident going into the season but your lads really have responded fantastically um, since then, and um, they're consistent across the board.
2: Yeah, um, obviously the Rawlinson to start the season was perfect for us. You know, to get that trophy in the cabinet. Um, so uh, competitive football at that time of the season is always helpful. You know, after the break, and um, yeah, so it was it was a perfect way for us to start the season, and obviously we got. From swiftly back down to ground with um, the opening day defeat to Saints.
1: Yeah, you were pretty well that first half. You were absolutely smashed, weren't you? You really sort of felt the full force of them, didn't they?
2: Yeah, we never got going in that in that first forty-five. Saints were right on it and um, duly punished us.
1: Mm. But since then, you've been flying.
2: Exactly. You know, I think maybe that was what we needed to kick start the season. You know, after the elation of the Rawlinson and then like I say being brought back down to earth it was um the boys all sort of rallied and the performances since have been completely different so
1: what aspect of the um of the of the team's that pleases you um so far, so far
2: I think the boys that have come in the lads that have been there for the last couple of seasons who never really got the chances that they probably merited but they always had players in front of them Um, stepping up and taking their chances I think that's been the most pleasing thing Um, Charlie Platt Colton Fletcher George Clayton Toby Max Simpson-Cohen coming back and he's been a revelation for us Um, yeah so that's that's been the most pleasing thing is seeing these lads progress taking a step and dealing with it and being consistent now and fully meriting their their place in the team
0: and when you look at the, the players that um sort of starred in Ravens shirts in the last couple of years. So many of them aren't there now for whatever reason. Um, yeah. How, how? What was your approach as a coach to, I suppose, just kind of smoothing, smoothing those departures over with the, with the squad that, you know, that, that remain and, and actually, yeah, kind of sort of knitting them to sort of back together into to the, the team that they've become over the last few games.
2: Well, we're lucky at the club that we've got such a big player base, you know, compared to some other clubs. We've got such a good youth set up um, other teams you know the Jackson team the railway teams so there's always been somewhere for the boys to play you know their, their, their football but they also so loyal to the club that they never sort of went searching for the first team football because I think they knew that their time would come you know and now that it has they've taken their chance that some of the boys have moved off obviously the GFC boys have gone back to their to their usual Saturdays and with the loss of Finn, Blair, Sammy Hall, soon-to-be Carlos, Louis Foller, which was a big disappointment for us to lose him. Um, Now that they were there, and they've settled in better than I thought they would, to be honest.
1: Your work rate for the team is absolutely astonishing. I mean, I think... it matches Sir Martins, who are, have set the sort of the standard in recent years. I mean, is that something you were, as a coach, conscious about? I mean, have you been working particularly hard, or are they just doing it themselves?
2: Yeah, we look a fitter team. I definitely agree with that. Um, the training's been more intense this season. You know, I think last season, me, myself and Barry, maybe a bit naive, you know, for our first season in the Prio. Uh, and um, we were blessed with the players that we had there, so... You sort of relied on each game, a bit of star quality, to see you through. Whereas this season, we've had to really work with what we've got and the strengths we've got within the squad, and they're a hungry bunch. So the natural game to play is an aggressive, attacking game, and it's worked really well.
1: And you've managed to keep this. It's 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 odd that you know that Rovers in recent times have managed to. provide the supply of left-footed players you've always had this balance i mean most teams struggle to find a good left-sided player um, and if they've got two well they really have been um, well blessed but you've just seemed to churn them out and you've got you lose, lose a couple of left backs and then you bring Colton Fletcher in who looks really at home on, you know in that role and then you've got uh, Max Simpson Cohen has now arrived and he's the new Finn Whitmore in many ways you know he sort of explodes into action and you know he's very unpredictable isn't he Um.
2: yeah he must be a defender's nightmare Um, Max you know he's very raw he um, he's not the best trainer but once he gets he's certainly fit yeah as soon as he gets on that pitch for a game he is you know he really steps up to the plate and he's direct he's powerful he's a strong lad and he's he's obviously a very fit lad and um, yeah he's a revelation for us this season and his goals without his goals this season we'd be struggling
1: one player that caught my eye in recent times is young Charlie Platt now he seems to have something about him you know he's got that little I was almost wrote a couple of weeks ago he's the new he could be the new Carlos Cano and I thought no that's probably <laughs> stretching it a bit to be honest because Carlos has been special over a, long, over a long period but he's got that sort of he's got makes time for himself doesn't he he's got that touch
2: yeah, he's got that low centre of gravity. He's hard to get the ball off. He uses his body really well. Obviously, that's one thing that's really impressed me is he doesn't give the ball away. You can't really tackle him. As soon as he sort of backs in, he's a strong little lad. And um, yeah, he's, he's come on leaps and bounds. We've always, for the last couple of seasons, we've always had him in mind that he could be a player that could step up to that level. And um, this season, he's taken his chance straight away, whether that's been out on the right wing or in his favourite position in centre-mid. And he's adding goals and assists to his game. And at the moment, you know, he's one of the first names on the sheet.
1: And, of course, you lost your your king in terms of Tom Strawbridge, your captain, your leader. And then you've come across, or you had a new one there. You know, Toby's been a revelation, hasn't he, a skipper?
2: Yeah, he's... um, like you say, he's really reveled in his new role. Um Straubs, such a fantastic player, such a fantastic leader. You know, I always knew that he would go back to GFC, I always knew he had the quality, even though I think he was a bit sceptical whether he could still do it, but I always knew he could. And um Toby is just relishing it, you know, he's he's a big character, a big man, you know, he seems to have grown with the captain's armband as well. He just seems A formidable force at the moment so
0: we spoke about that St Martin's defeat um you know on the opening day before how much are you guys as a as a squad looking forward to to your next crack at Saints when it comes
2: the Saints games we always look forward to you know because they're a they're a results machine I find Saints you know they're they're one of those teams that can win games when they're playing well and when they're not playing well and um it's always a good test and The players always relish it, you know. We let ourselves down a bit on that on that Saturday evening, and yeah, we're looking forward to playing them again.
1: That should be quite a spectacular match.
2: Yeah, and you know we got past them in the Rawlinson, so the lads know they can win the game. And um, at the moment, the way we're playing, I'd like it to be sooner rather than January. You know, I'd I'd take them sort of now, really.
0: Yeah, and things are starting to settle down, aren't they, in, in the table? You know, it's a bit of a clear split emerging um, after Bell started so well. They've they've drifted slightly, uh, although a couple of wins uh, this week. But yeah, do, do you see it as a, a an out-and-out three-horse race? It's hard to say. It's still early, I think. You know, I haven't really been looking at the table.
2: You know, I think it can be false at this part of the season. Like last season, you know, we were guilty of looking at the table too much and then it ended up slipping away from us. And uh, but Saints North will be the strongest. I think you know us Saints North will be the strongest. Like I said, Saints are just a, a results machine. You know they'll keep churning out the victories. I've got no no doubts about that. And North on their day are as good as anyone. And especially with Sam Murray. I saw his goal the other night. He's capable of pulling stuff out the bag like that. So uh, but we'll be strong and. We'll be right up there at the end of the season.
1: It strikes me that Rovers, uh, as a club in general, now have got this real uh, resilience and they've got this real pride in in the team, which has been developed over the last ten years because they're they're self developed players. Is that the same in the in the clubhouse afterwards? You feel there's a real connection with the club?
2: Definitely, yeah. That's definitely something I agree with. Everyone's pulling in the same direction. Um, the whole setup of the club is so strong, you know. F- for so many years where we struggled at senior level, we've always had that good minis core and the coaches do a great job every Saturday morning. And now we're reaping the rewards. You know, we're keeping hold of players that, that we've developed from sort of eight, nine years up, upwards through under 18s. Whereas before we were losing them after that, now they see there's a pathway to a really strong senior set up. And the club's just, just, Going up to new levels every season, I think. You know, we're just getting stronger and stronger, more and more players, more and more coaches, and um, there's a real belief that we'll be around for a long time now as as a, as a force.
1: Well, we mentioned Charlie Platt before. I mean, he's the latest little gem that's come through. Is there any uh, any others in the waiting in the wings you 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 you, you can, you've spotted?
2: Yeah, we've had a couple of the the younger sort of under eighteen group training that have that have stepped up to train with us Jackson and Prio level and that there's a couple that have done really well. Um, Connor Mai who was in the squad for the North game at Northfield. He looks a good a good prospect, a good centre mid. And also Robert Overchuk, who's a centre back, lightning fast. He's played a couple of Jacko games and done really well. And he'll be he'll be one to watch definitely.
1: Oh well, Kevin, I know you've um, you know still relative novice in this game. Last year was your first season, but you've done an exceptional job, I must say. Thank you.
2: Keep it up. It was a, a steep learning curve last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well,
0: thanks very much for coming in, Kevin. And
2: uh, yeah, best of luck. You got a week off. Week off. Yeah. Yeah. Needed at the moment. Yeah, it's been <laughs> October's been pretty hectic, <laughs> yeah. so we're not going to train tonight either. We'll just do Thursday, then after the weekend, and then the two sessions next week.
0: Yeah, we'll make the best of it. Thanks for coming in. That's all right. No yeah, worries. Best up for the rest of the season. Thank you. Rovers coach Kevin Gillies. There, they've got a week off. Uh, in terms of the other fixtures, uh, North take on Sylvans. Oh, on Tuesday night, then at the weekend, it's Manza against St. Martins, Rangers against Alderney and Vale Rec against Bells. Um, just before we go, uh, I want to just mention Mayor Latissier because she had a, a pretty big week all round. She was off in Belgium helping England's under-23s uh, to victory uh, over there, starting um, in defence for for England there. And, and a great opportunity for her, um, England's new head coach, sort of creating this under-23 side to... to bolster the uh, international opportunities because, of course, she lost um, uh, yeah, well, lost a few games and lost a, a potentially a tournament as well at, at that age group. so um, and Yeah, that- she was the
1: subject also of a big feature in the, in the Times at the weekend, yeah. which was good to read and um, some interesting quotes from, from Mayer.
0: I oh, always get to hear her highlighting <laughs> talking how about she, how she wants to keep jersey. <laughs> that's
1: right, highlighting how she was, was playing up an age group with the boys and, and how that benefited her.
0: Yeah, really good to see that. Of course, that came ahead of um, yesterday's FA Cup semi-final. Uh, Brighton uh, taking on Arsenal. Uh, pretty tough task for Brighton. Um, yeah, in the end, 3-0 uh, they lost. But it was a yeah pretty valiant performance. Um, they, they managed to hold them off for, well, for the first half. Mayer playing it right back. Uh, yeah, put in a, a serious shift. Um, it was great to see she was highlighted um, you know, in the analysis at half-time for the, for the efforts she'd put in.
1: And it was interesting, interesting to read in that feature, um, I see in the Times, that um, there's talk of the likes of Chelsea sniffing around, um, possibly uh, uh, making a bid for a mayor in, in in the future. And uh, it's you know you can understand it if she is playing so well. I mean, these sort of Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester City c- clearly are really putting a lot of money these days into their ladies teams, and. Um, be interesting if she does move on to one of those.
0: Yeah, quite clearly a, a, a pretty big um, gap in terms of resources and and uh, yeah, the quality of squads between Brighton and the teams below them and those teams at the top, as you say, um, Arsenal City and Chelsea, the other semi-finalists. It's
1: very much a case of the haves and have-nots in the women's league, far more than even the men's Premiership. You know which is bad enough in some cases. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's terrible that Newcastle have got all this money and all these resources, <laughs> you know, and um, some of the other teams are so so hard up.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the paupers at Stamford Bridge the can't compete. The paupers at
1: Stamford Bridge, yeah. Romans running out of money are here.
0: Um, But yeah, fantastic uh, effort from from Mayer and just great to see Brighton in. That was last year's FA Cup um, competition, the the, the tournament being completed this season, so there'll be another competition. But for them, just to be in the mix with those top sides is really impressive. And obviously Mayer's playing a... Um, a really significant part in, in getting them to that point, and she always as you say about this article in the times, her name is always cropping up now whenever there 's an article or you know you, you see them um, reasonably often now about you know, the five best up and coming players in the division or the, you know the top talents. Her name is always in the mix, so um, yeah she 's obviously doing an awful lot right at the moment and she may
1: well have a good agent as well
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, great stuff Mayor uh, enjoyed watching that um, right I think we'll leave it there Rob uh, we'll be back next week as you say after that massive weekend at Foots Lane uh, to try and pick the bones out of what's happened um, there another football show coming your way next Monday and a, a full sign preview as well on our sport podcast uh, this Thursday so do uh, keep an ear out for that um, as ever uh, do follow us on social media at GSY Press Sport is the place to go Facebook Twitter and Instagram and pick up a paper each day for uh, comprehensive and high quality uh, local sports coverage you can't get it anywhere else Uh, cheers Cheers,
1: Tony